It's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdly, on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio. And welcome, my friends, to your Saturday morning radio extravaganza. If you would like to be part of the program today, 800-848-WABC is the number to call, 848 848- Nine two, two two. So much as always in the news, and we are going to deal with as much of it as humanly possible in the three hours that we have. This weekend marks the one-year anniversary that Roe v. Wade was dispatched by the Supreme Court. All week long, they have been a series of news articles, a growing crescendo of articles from the mainstream press bemoaning that one-year action by the Supreme Court. There has been a lot of news concerning Hunter Biden this week. I saw earlier on Twitter a four-minute clip. And I believe, you know, we have some clips from Rita Cosby last night. And maybe we'll, we can delve into those because some of those are really instructional as to where all of this business is with Hunter Biden and the administration continuing to stonewall. There was an article that was released at 6 p.m. last night, 6.02 to be exact, on Fox. And I'm telling you, this should be front-page news, and it would be front-page news anywhere else. Derek Hunter is with us. And Derek, is, Derek, how are you this morning? Ugh. That good? No, a, one of my damn cats bit me yesterday. I picked him up wrong or whatever, the old one. Just bit me. So I'm on antibiotics, the finger's all swollen, Quite a pain in the butt. Wait a minute. The cat bit you. Wait, it's not just the usual bite. I mean, it bit, it drew blood. Oh, yeah. One, uh, my middle finger on my right hand, both sides of the uh, tip were uh, punctured. And you had to go get a shot for it. You had to get, I go get antibiotics. A, te- a shot and uh, antibiotics. I thought cats were supposed to be so clean. You don't really want to be bitten by anybody, I don't think, James. But uh, thankfully, my best friend is a doctor. And I called him, sent him some pictures. Because, uh, you know, I, I immediately washed it. I immediately soaked it in peroxide. Then immediately soaked it in rubbing alcohol. And I thought I'd sterilize the hell out of it. But then uh, throughout the course of the day, it started swelling. And so uh, it's pretty ugly right now. I've only had one pill so far. Not due for Where's another the cat? But so my friend's like, yeah, no, I'll call in a prescription for you and go get it. And when was your last tetanus shot? And like, when was the last tetanus shot for anybody? <laughs> so I got a tetanus shot, too. So where's the cat? Smugly cleaning himself downstairs. I, I thought maybe the cat would be outside by now. No, the cat's 13 years old. Yeah. Oh, so that's an excuse. Yeah, well, the girls have been ordered not to touch him, not to 
try and pick him up or pet him. I don't know. He's been kind of cranky lately, so just part of age. We'll see. Yeah, I hope the cat's okay. Maybe it's time to I'm take sure the cat. For, when's the last time you took the cat to the vet? The cat has to take to the vet. You want to create more hours in the day. It's been one day. Probably go on Monday. Right now I'm more concerned about this being able to bend my finger again. Is your cat a Democrat? Is he kind of ticked at you for everything? This is he like? I don't know. He's kind of cranky, so it could be Biden fan. Who knows? Yeah, okay. I was about to say this. This story that Fox published last night at six o two p.m. Derek. Mm-hmm. This thing should be front page news everywhere, and of course it's not, and it will never be. Hunter Biden linked account received five million dollars days after Hunter left that threatening message that he was sitting there with to the to uh, this the his Chinese contact right that he's sitting with his dad and you guys better shape up and honor your agreement otherwise he Hunter Biden's gonna I'm of course paraphrasing gonna make your life hell and uh, your, and his dad is right there, and, and everybody we know will be called in. The, and amazingly, after after that threat, $5.1 million from a Chinese firm shows up in a bank account linked to President Biden's son, Hunter. I threaten you nearly every day via text message, James, and nothing has shown up in my bank account. Nothing. Exactly. You, you haven't even sent a pizza to the house. That's how disturbing it is. Now, I tell you, it's a Fox News story. That Fox News reports it, great. But Ken Vogel, who covers the administration for the New York Times, tweeted 16 hours ago now. He tweeted, quote, within 10 days of Hunter Biden's WhatsApp message to the Chinese official associated with CEFC, the Chinese energy company, a CEFC subsidiary sent two payments totaling $5.1 million to accounts linked to Hunter, according to records cited in the Senate GOP investigation. Then he has a link to the Senate GOP and a screen capture. That's it. Why is there no New York Times story? Is there a New York Times story? You got this, I didn't see a New York Times story today. I didn't writing see a thing. for the New York Times, and that he, he he thinks it's big enough news to to say that it exists, but instead there's no story. It's just you know it's kind of a Republicans, according to Republicans, a Republicans pounce kind of story. Where is uh where where are those guys, the Woodward and Bernstein guys these days? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just axing. I think the worst thing to happen to journalism was Watergate because it led to a whole bunch of people who wanted to be famous, who wanted to make a difference. You hear it all the time. I wanted to go into journalism to give voice to the voiceless. That's not the job of a journalist. You You should never get hired as a journalist if that's what you want to do. But that's what they all do. They all want the book deals. They want to be portrayed by people who are way better looking than them in movies. I mean... Carl Bernstein looks like a bridge troll, and yet he was portrayed by Dustin Hoffman in the movie. Um, and he made a ton of money. And I'm not even sure he contributed all that much to the war. I think it was mostly Woodward doing the work there. 
But they both got rich off of it, and a whole bunch of people said, ooh, now all we got to do is take down a president, and then that became, i got to take down a Republican president. If you take down a Democratic president, you have to prop up Democrat presidents. So it's just a, a disaster. The people who went in to be activists became editors, and that meant that the next group of people were even uh, easier and, and had an easier path to be uh, activists. There was a time when an editor would hold people accountable. They're like, you can't, first of all, this is opinion. Secondly, you don't have the story yet. And now you've got stories where, like, one guy who uh, cleans the bathrooms told me, uh, allegedly, and even though everybody involved, remember the uh, D-Day anniversary story out of France, where everybody involved denied that Donald Trump didn't want to go to Normandy because it was raining, and he said, well, I don't care, these guys died for the country, what kind of idiot died for the country? Everybody involved, and people including people who hated Donald Trump, said this didn't happen. But Jeffrey Goldberg over at The Atlantic said, yeah, but I got a guy who pinky swore to me that it was true, and that's good enough. You used to have two anonymous sources, two independent anonymous sources, where you'd write anything that was not credited directly or you couldn't prove directly. Now it's just I heard it through the grapevine, and I got a pinky swear, and it's all good. Well, so in addition to this now money sitting in the Biden account, which to me is just, if you want to look at a circumstantial case being built, this circumstantial case is being built by Republicans, and the DOJ doesn't seem to be the least bit interested. No. If you look at the White House press, they're being questioned on it now, which is different. Yeah, they got questioned about it on Friday. We'll see if they're questioned about it again on Monday. A lot of times they'll say, well, we, we did it. We, we asked questions. There's no point in circling back. We've already checked that box. Just like they'll eventually report on some allegation against Democrats, but they'll, no matter how much proof there is, they'll do it under the Republicans accuse, the Republicans pounce, the Republicans insist, and then they ignore it for the rest of eternity. And somebody says, hey, you, you haven't been covering this story. You're like, what are you talking about? Six months ago we wrote a story about how Republicans are trying to pounce. We did it. There's been no new developments in there. It's amazing what you can't find when you don't look for it. So this is all part of the kabuki theater here. All right. Now, again, this message, and I want to read the message. The message that was released that came from Hunter Biden, his text message to his business partner, Henry Zhao, for not fulfilling his commitment. (laughs) Commitment. I'm sitting here with my father, and we, me and Joe, me and the big guy, we would like to understand why the commitment made has not been fulfilled. Tell the director that I would like to resolve this now before it gets out of hand, and now means tonight. And he went on to say, and Z, if I get a call or a a text from anyone involved in this other than you, Zhang, or the chairman, I will make certain that between the man sitting next to me and every person he knows and my ability to forever hold a grudge 
that you will regret not following my direction. <laughs> I, this is unambiguous stuff. Well, look, it it's, was always... It, a, I don't understand. Uh, unless he's lying argument. to his... It was always a ridiculous argument, James, when Joe said, I never discussed uh, any business, any overseas business with my son or my brothers or nothing. Like, okay, I, I believe it, you're, you're a, that you're a horrible father. I would believe that you're like, you don't care what your kid is up to. You're like, I'm not going to bother asking him. He's got, he's got problems and you just kind of ignore him. But I never really thought when it involved money, you, you just know what your kid is up to. You know what your kid is up to. You'd ask your kid, even in a passive way, so how's business, how's things, how's it? And Joe denied it like I never in a million years. I would never take an interest in my son. He's not Bo, and uh, Bo was the only child I ever loved. That I kind of believed. But now the Washington Free Beacon has discovered that famous picture of Hunter rolling around in his dad's 67 convertible was uh, with two other oh, yeah. family members, was taken on that day, the day of that text message, which means that Hunter was in Delaware, was in Wilmington, was at the house where the, in the garage where the classified documents were parked. And uh, they don't know, they asked the historic Corinne Jean-Pierre yesterday, did, uh, was Joe there in Delaware that day? Like, because they would have his, they would know where he was on that day. And her response for about a good solid five minutes was, "I'm just not going to. I'm just not going to comment on that right now." And uh, I haven't talked to the. I haven't asked him about that. That's another good indication that you don't ask questions you already know the answer to, but don't want to officially be informed on. And so they're a little bit concerned over there at the White House. And like I said, and and the other answer that she kept giving, I refer you to the special counsel. He's already answered your question. Right. So one of the reporterettes. They actually asked KB, KJ, whatever. So refresh our memory. What did the council say? No, well, I refer you to no the council. Way. No, right, you way. know, I'm not. <laughs> she would not read the special counsel statement. She look. They know. They know that if they get the visual of her even reading a statement, I mean, half of what she does at the podium is read a statement out of that three ring binder. Anyway, then it be, then it elevates it. You don't give them that that video. They refuse to do that. So it wasn't by accident. They know what they're doing. People holding her strings All right, well, know what they're doing. But we'll see. We'll see if they still care on Monday. Crystal we'll ball. see what happens tomorrow. Crystal ball. No, no, crystal ball. Mm -hmm. is, is this now starting to reach the point that you can't just keep stalling and saying, we don't know, we don't know, never happened. Uh, uh, talk to somebody else. We're not going to answer questions. Ha, it, are the events of the leaked information coming out, the whistleblower, the scrutiny that's being paid to Hunter because of the guilty plea with a slap on the wrist for evading what some people report is almost $2 million in taxes, others $8 million in taxes, is all of this starting to rise to the point that it can no longer be just sloughed off? I can't answer that until Monday night or Tuesday night, depending on whenever. If, I don't think they'll hold a press. If, if it's on the Sunday shows tomorrow in an even semi-serious way, 
and then there's another press the next press briefing whenever it is and it wouldn't be surprising if they just skipped one on monday to try and give it more distance does the press go back for another bite at the apple that's it the look the new york post and fox are going to ask some questions about it james rosen over at newsmax will ask some questions about it otherwise if if it's not their allies in the press who at least maybe don't press it maybe don't go full court but kind of casually don't let it die friday was different it was a friday too where they were like following up like he has a good point why don't you why can't you say that? if that doesn't carry on if the editors get a chance to talk to their reporters and say look we don't we don't know anything we don't want we don't want to go down that rabbit hole because normally they would have dispatched and assigned a bunch of reporters to actually do some journalism on this sort of thing, do some digging, but they don't when it comes to Democrats, so they wait for somebody else to discover it, then they reiterate it, and then they ignore it. We'll see if they come back to this thing. I, I, I can't imagine, like at a certain point, just for the sake of not looking like clowns, they they start to do journalism on occasion, just to save whatever tiny little bit is left of their reputations. I don't know that we're there yet. I don't know that we're there yet because it's been how long of them talking about how this is nothing. Leave poor, sweet, nourishing Hunter Biden alone. Oh, it's just a father and son. They love each other. What do you, so now you're getting more and more information. Everything on the, the Biden laptop. He was a lot of prostitutes, a lot of drugs, a lot of talk about money laundering and, and seemingly being a, a, an unregistered foreign agent. None of that has interested them so far. So we'll see if this manages to have some staying power. I'm, I'm not optimistic. I'm hopeful, but I'm not optimistic. All right. James Golden, a.k.a. Sturmy. It is our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Your call is going to be part of today's program. We've got later in the show, America's Small Caffeinated Mom. And we've got so much good music, good vibes lined up for you this morning. On this day, June 24th, 2012, Billboard.com named this song from Olivia Newton-John, released in 1982, the sexiest song of all time. I will take issue with that, but that's Billboard. We're coming back in a minute. Don't go away. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days In, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. A.K.A. Bo Snurdly on 77 WABC. 
1977, 24th of June. This one went to number one on the charts. It's the Jacksons, uh, no longer the Jackson 5. This was off their first Columbia release after they left Motown. Gamble and Huff producers. So the Philadelphia sound meets what was Motown. Kind of a laid-back groove. Michael and the brothers. Derek Hunter is with us. It's Saturday morning. Glad you're here. First cup of coffee. Enjoy that with us. So, Derek, we had the cat fight of cat fights on the floor of the house this week. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we had MTG and uh, uh, Lauren. Is it Lauren or what's her first name? Lauren Bobert. Yeah, yeah, Bobert. So MTG calls her the biatch. You're 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 a what does she call her? You're a little biatch, and uh, the cat fight happens, and then MTG goes out and tells some press group, "Yeah, nobody likes her. You know, we're in this area. Nobody likes this woman. <laughs> okay, because apparently uh, MTG felt slighted that Bobert had pushed her own impeachment resolution up." And she copied her, and so, uh, Derek, do you care? No. Washington, D.C., James, is high school with paychecks. You'd think people grow out of this sort of crap where you're like, oh, let's sit by the locker, and I'm going to show you what for, and we'll give you a sw-. No, they don't. They just make money doing it now. That's all it is. And it's... That's why the, everybody has uh, their own version of a bill. This, you want to know why things don't get done? It's because there could, somebody comes up with an idea for a bill, and everybody's like, you know what, that's a good idea. It's very necessary. But rather than just get on board with this and get it done, I'm going to introduce my version of it. It's going to be slightly different because the legislation is going to have my name at the top of it rather than that because then I can go and campaign and say, I introduced the bill, I led the fight, I championed the cause, whatever. And they don't actually get things done in any timely manner because they're too be- too busy worrying about getting the credit. I don't know, you know, if it was a direct ripoff or whatever of the articles of impeachment. I just know that that r- there should be a lot of things where there there are a lot of things where you kind of have the uh, how can I put this in a family friendly way unit measuring <laughs> unit, unit measuring contest. But that probably shouldn't be one of them. And yet it is, because everything is. Well, I mean, first of all, I don't. I have tried my best not to disparage either of these women. Mm-hmm. I've seen they MTG. They do a fine enough job on their own. Just point out what they're doing. Right. I, I've seen MTG at hearings, and she's been effective. But then you get this kind of stuff, and you get this Bobert woman. I mean, every other week she's in the news for something. Mm-hmm. And it's usually not good. Yeah. 
And, and then I say to myself, well, what's the point of the impeachment measure? I got a guy here that calls the show almost every day that he can from Indiana. I need to impeach Joe Biden. We need to impeach Joe Biden. And, and it's like this is political stupidity. Why in the world would you impeach Joe Biden? Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Lindsey Lindsey Graham came out today and said, hey, and if you did offer an impeachment bill, it would be dead on arrival at the Senate. Well, no kidding. We all know it would never get through the Senate. We all know that, that there would never be a trial. We don't even think, I don't even think, you, look, you couldn't even find 22 Republicans defected from the measure to punish Adam Schiff as severely as he could have been punished. You couldn't well, even get I, mean, I don't know that he could have been punished that you want to censure Schiff, fine. He abused his position. He absolutely lied to the public, and he did so under the guise of being the chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, like he had special information, and he didn't. It was a lie, and it was a gross abuse of position and power. But you want to add a $16 million fine? I'm not sure where the authority comes in that. I'm not going to have a lot of sympathy for him, but I'm not sure where the authority comes in where you can say, hey, you know what? We can uh, we can just find them because then it, that you really want to go down a death spiral for our country. You start giving Congress or letting Congress or assuming Congress has the ability to impose fines on members who do things they don't like. And you're just like, it, it'll be a disaster. The Constitution is does not provide for that as best I know. Okay, but my point remains. You couldn't even get Republicans to side up and agree with that. How are they going to agree to go impeach a president and coming up into the election season where all you're going to do is generate more sympathy for Joe Biden, not less? It's never going to pass anyway. What is the whole point of these impeachment articles that will go? They are destined to go nowhere before the ink is even dry on them. Well, look, we what is the, the point? The impeachments of Donald Trump weren't going to go anywhere, James. It's yes, but they tech. did go somewhere. Ah, uh-uh, they did go somewhere. Well, they you could, did you go could somewhere. probably get a vote to impeach Joe Biden in the House. You probably could. You get you, you send it over to the Senate, and they just kind of swat it away like a fly. There's certainly right, but the argument, I suppose, if you're looking for a justification for this, that seems premature. There could there needs to be more investigation because you don't want it to be just seen as you impeached our guy. We're going to impeach your guy. The argument would be, well, we're just launching an investigation. We're launching the investigation. The investigation needs to be launched, and it has been launched. It was not under the guise of an official impeachment inquiry. Now it is. I, I don't. I, I just think it's political, De- Derek. I can't it's hope stupid. to think this. Look, it's, it's just stupid, political stupidity. I just stupid. really. The most, uh, most wounds, most injuries, most damaged under Republicans are self-inflicted. That's just how it is. They're horrible at messaging. They can't handle basic. I mean, you're messaging liberty, and you can't do that. You can't do. You can't. How can you not message liberty? And instead of being unified <laughs> in, on anything, you've got, well, and Republicans always do this. Democrats will introduce their bill for health care or whatever, and the Republicans will go, well, no, 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 no. We have our own bill. And they're like, okay, why? No, once you've just seated the, you introduce your own bill, you've seated the concept that government should be doing things. Shouldn't you be making the argument that government has no business in being a uh, health insurance 
uh, company or something like that or setting the parameters for that. No, they go, and then then you get the voters the choice. Well, you can vote for somebody offering you a dollar or somebody offering you 50 cents. You've already seeded the concept that the government should be giving you money. And you'd be an idiot not to vote for the person if you believe that. You'd be an idiot not to vote for the person offering you a dollar instead of 50 cents. It's just a a mess with these people. I don't get it. I don't, I don't get how half of them get elected. You watch them on TV, they're terrible. You listen to them talk and you just think, used car salesmen. You get some of them who are just weird Democrats and Republicans. What, what was Eric Swalwell? What was the alternative to Eric Swalwell? I get it's a Democratic district, but was the other Democrats in the primary, were they like wadded up tissues full of mucus, like a dead dog somewhere? <laughs> like what, what was Eric Swalwell the better option of? When you look at Adam Schiff, I have the same question. What was the alternative, an old shoe? Because I think the old shoe would have been a little bit better. Oh, Derek Hunter on WABC with James Golden. It's our Saturday morning radio extravaganza, folks. 800-848-WABC. We are coming back in a moment, so don't go away. The Saturday morning radio extravaganza is in your ears. Now, here's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC. You wouldn't answer James's question, though. Are you going to answer the question? Not a reasonable question to ask when the President of the United States was involved, as this message seems to suggest in some sort of a coercive conversation for business dealings by a son. Is that something, if he wasn't, then maybe you should tell us. So that. here's the thing, I, and I appreciate the question. I believe my colleague uh, at the White House Council uh, has answered this question already, has dealt with this, has uh, uh, made it very clear. I just don't have anything to share outside of what my colleagues have shared, uh, and so I would refer you to him and the, D- and the DOJ. Just not going to comment from here. I will, what I can tell you is I know that my colleague has dealt with this. He, he uh, addressed this at the White House Council. I just don't have anything else to share. I just, I just answered the question. I just answered the question. Yes or no, was the president involved in the shakedown attacks? Stephen, Stephen, I just answered the question. I just said, I just... This is, it's not up to you how I answer the question. I just answer the question by telling you my colleagues at the White House Council has dealt with this, and I would refer you to them. Go ahead. Can you just remind us what your colleagues said from the White House Council so we have it? I would, I, would, I would refer you to them, and they will share their statement with all of you. My question is about your anything? statements from that podium. You've stated that the president stands by his comment from the 2020 campaign that he never once discussed his son's overseas business dealings with his son. And you stood at that podium and you reaffirmed that. Do you stand by your reaffirmation? What I will say is nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. And I will leave it there. Anything else, I will refer you to the White House counsel. This is not a change? I just answered the question. You asked, You just asked me, do, does my statement change? I just told you nothing has changed. That's answering the question. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Stephen, I'm calling on your colleague right now. Go ahead. Thank you. To, to follow up on my colleague, is there anything that you can say with regard to this text message and what the president's son was alleging? Was the president there or not? I would refer you to my 
colleagues at the White House Counsel. They have addressed this, and I refer you to them. This is what you get from this White House. This is stonewalling, like, like unbelievable stonewalling. Now, normally what would happen, Derek, after you've been stonewalled like that is the press would go out. All these reporters that were stonewalled would go out and write scathing stories about this. <laughs> and they'd, be, they'd be so annoyed. But it's just like, okay, okay, okay. Thanks for nothing. All right, we got to go play tennis tomorrow. We, 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 and this, see you just, at the this, cocktail party tonight. Yeah. I used to think that this woman was the worst press secretary that I had ever seen at the White House, but now I'm beginning to believe she's one of the most skilled. <laughs> because and no, I, no, I'm not. It kidding. takes brains to come off that stupid. It, it's not even that she's coming off that stupid. She's just that blatant. I'm just going to make a a statement that I'm not going to tell you, and I'm going to tell you the statement over and over again. And I don't care what you ask me; I'm not going to tell you anything. Yeah. Republican press Republican press secretaries tried, even in the face of unmitigated hostility, to answer the question. They'll try to rebut something. They'll try. This woman doesn't even bother trying to rebut it. I'm not going to answer it. I refer you to this person. I refer you to that person. There have been a couple of other times when there have been press inquiries that made the Biden administration look bad, and she's pulled the same sort of thing. That's why I say. It matters what happens on Monday or Tuesday. Whenever the next press briefing is, are they still asking questions? It matters if, yeah, it's great that Ken Vogel tweeted what I'd read that he'd tweeted. It'd be much better if the uh, if the New York Times reporter wrote a story about it or the New York Times wrote a story, but it doesn't have to be Ken Vogel. It would just be, it would be so much better, but they haven't. They won't. Now, It'll be interesting to see. A Saturday edition doesn't get nearly as well read as a Sunday edition, so maybe it'll show up later today. This afternoon, they, they show up online to end up in the, the Sunday edition. It'll be curious to see. But then what? Is it we checked the box, we did what was necessary, now we're moving on? Or is this something that they start doing? Because they all have the laptop. They all have access to the laptop. They all have access to the people on the laptop, associated with the laptop, where they can get more information. They all have access to what the Republicans in the House have discovered, have investigated, the testimony there from the whistleblowers from the IRS. They all have access to all of this. Will they do anything with it? That remains to be seen, and I bet a lot of them right now are sitting there going, geez, it looks, do I want to be... I don't want to be last, and I don't want to be first. And so you're sitting there in this game of chicken, kind of hoping it goes away so you don't have to decide what to do. But uh, Let me ask you, let, let me just turn to, let me turn away from this and turn overseas for a quick moment. Mm-hmm. This little business that's going on in Russia yeah. with uh, Prashogin's power grab and uh, Putin, and, and you, so you've got this now paramilitary force, that is out. They're saying, uh, you know, the Russians murdered a bunch of my guys and we're going to go and take it to the Russians. And the Russian Putin saying, I'm going to kill you all. Screw you. <laughs> um, and he's warning, though, that this could be the end of Russia. This could be much like the uh, the revolution of 1917 that the Russian that destroyed the Russian Empire. 
So I don't know whether that's just hyperbole from Putin or whether he's actually concerned with it. This is the same Vladimir Putin who just recently moved nuclear uh, weaponry into Belarus. Mm. Are you at all concerned with what's going on with Russia, or is this just stuff that's happening over there and, yeah, it makes the headlines because, eh, we got to print some foreign policy stuff. Is this of any concern to the United States? It is. Anytime you've got an unstable dictator with being threatened with the loss of power, you never know what he's going to do. And you'd like to think that, you know, as things were going, if, if the Germans had had the bomb in the last days in the bunker, Hitler would have used it. He would have used it on Germans. He would have used it against anybody and everybody. He would have launched it everywhere. They didn't have that, thank God. But Putin does. If he were to go down, if he were to genuinely feel threatened, if those the walls were, in fact, closing in, You'd like to, you've got to assume he'd be insane enough to issue an order to use at least tactical nuclear weapons in the, like, in, in the, the battlefield, or maybe even not against the forces advancing towards him in Moscow, but the, the people of Ukraine, because to hell with them. You'd like to think that somewhere in the chain of command, because it isn't you know, a button, it's not really a button. You'd think someone in the chain of command near Putin would, would just go, it's one thing to talk about it. It's another to do it. And so if he makes the move to take this extreme step, we, we won't comply. We will stop him. You'd like to think that person exists, but you'd much rather never have to find out whether or not they exist. And The only uh, fear that I have in all of this is that if we think things are bad now, a Russia that is completely engulfed in a civil war mm-hmm. unleashes all sorts of unknown consequences, and you, you you just alluded to that. And this could spiral out of control into in ways that we can't even foresee yet. Look, if Russia's if if civil war breaks out in Russia and it's contained within Russia, I care a lot less than if it spills over and or they start using nuclear weapons. That's my concern. Russia is going to have to sort out what Russia wants to do on its own. It'd be nice if it were peaceful. Everybody remembers Boris Yeltsin getting up there when the uh, Soviet Union was collapsing and and restoring calm pretty quickly after a couple of days. You'd like to think that cooler heads will prevail, but history has shown they don't always. So you, you prepare for the worst and you hope for the best. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to grab a call or two, Derek. People want to talk to you. Cat fights and impeachment and all sorts of things. James Golden, a case, certainly with you here. It's our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. 800 848 WABC. June 24th, 2016. Drake, longest running. Number one single, 11 straight weeks with one dance. Coming back on WABC right after this. Don't go away. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. 
In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. This is the Saturday Morning Radio Extravaganza. Now, here's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC. Rod Stewart brings us back. Earlier, we talked about Olivia Newton-John's physical voted as the sexiest song of all time. This is... Uh, she beat out this one. This was one of the candidates in the top ten. Also, Marvin Gaye's Let's Get It On, Donna Summer's Hot Stuff. And they still didn't get the sexiest one of all time. Anyway, Derek Hunter is with us on WABC. Derek, let's take some calls. Let's go to uh, Pamela in New Jersey. Pamela, how are you this morning? Good morning. Um yeah, I disagree with not doing impeachment. Um, evil has to be recognized, even if you're outnumbered, and it must be documented for future historical documentation. And you think that the evil that is in this administration is not being documented? The only way to document it is with impeachment. Well, it's good that they're coming up with more evidence. That will be helpful. But impeachment is there for 100 years from now. I would want to go down as one of the people who uh, try to stop the evil that exists right now in our government. But impeachment is a loaded word. I agree with you. Evil must be, be called out and must be punished. But if you, you start under the guise of we're, we're starting an impeachment inquiry, we're going to look into this, um, you've set expectations. You've set the finish line, essentially, in, in maybe not in legal terms, but in expectation terms. And politics is as much about messaging and expectations as anything. So now you've got the clock ticking, whereas if they just continued to do invest, it also gives the Democrats a chance to say, look, this is just political. This is just political, a witch hunt. So even if you do find something, there's going to be a group of people who aren't going to hear it because they've been conditioned to just believe this is political. It, you can continue doing investigations, and they absolutely should, and then when you discover something, you elevate it to the level of an impeachment inquiry. When you actually have something ironclad, allegations, they're certainly very serious. They're certainly very serious, but they aren't proof of anything. You've got to be able to prove it. And you're dealing with overseas wire transfers, which are difficult to trace. You're also dealing with overseas wire transfers from hostile and or corrupt countries and bank records trying to, to trace back those records through those countries under those circumstances makes it all the more difficult. So whatever they do, it, to prove it is going to take a while. They didn't need to say that they're announcing an impeachment inquiry. Just think about the way you did it when with Democrats. They decided to impeach Donald Trump over the phone call about Ukraine. Now we're learning more that that was more a defensive move. They moved quickly to impeach him over January 6th. They already knew the conclusion. They went through the formalities. And if you're trying to say, look, those people, those Democrats are corrupt partisans, you do your best not to look like them as best you can. 
there's ways to get this done without labeling it an impeachment so that they can like, then they, label it as defensive. Let me just add another thing here. The impeachment that uh, that Bobert brought up was for immigration. Mm-hmm. Really? Way to go off message. I mean, right now, the day that we're finally getting some stuff in the press about we, uh, the day that the Republicans are getting pr- stuff in the press about Hunter, here we come. Oh, let's get him on immigration. Well, we've all known the immigration under Joe Biden has been pathetic, and we've all known that they've not followed the law. We've, Even though the Supreme Court, by the way, this week just gave them a victory over two states that had wanted action on immigration. So, I again, I just think it's, look, the reason that the framers put impeachment in was that it was supposed to be a very serious, this was the pinnacle of how you get justice if you have a rogue president. And the reason that it was such a threat to Richard Nixon was because there were the votes to actually impeach him, which is why he resigned. Had it gone to a trial in the Senate, according to the way things were looking, he would have been the first president of the United States successfully impeached. No, you know, well, he we, would have been convicted. Impeachment Convicted, that's what I mean. Con- yes, yeah, successfully impeached with a conviction. Right now, to me, the only thing that's looking like, it's look, the, the impeachment process is being weakened. Every time one of these stupid measures comes up and you don't get a conviction out of it and it's just more kabuki theater in, with poly, it weakens the actual process of impeachment. Mm-hmm. I think it doesn't do the country any good. I think it desensitizes people to the serious nature of what impeachment is supposed to be. And if you can't get a conviction then don't bother bringing up the charges. Pamela, let's give you the last word. You've been very patient. Oh, thank you. Um, I understand what you're saying, and believe me, I've been up against City Hall. I work for the school system, and Uh I won't go into details, but I know what going up against City Hall is all about in this woke atmosphere. So I understand their strategy to it, and I understand the Freedom Caucus is doing a good job trying to get to the crux when they're outnumbered. And I'm waiting to wait for that, but I do believe impeachment is there for this reason, and it's the way we document evil, okay? And you know what? I don't care if it's too soon, too late, whatever. It has to be recognized early on. We can't just sit there and say, oh, we can't be like them. Oh, we're beyond a street fight. We're beyond that. Let's wake up. Okay. Pamela, thank you for the call. We appreciate it. Robert in Suffolk, you're up next. WABC, we're on with James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley, and Derek Hunter. It is our Saturday morning radio extravaganza here on WABC. How are you? How are you, Robert? I'm hanging in there. Robert. Uh, good morning. Good. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Uh, for two things. First is for Derek, his immediate situation with the cat bite. Mm-hmm. I rescue feral and abandoned pets. Cats. So yeah. one time I had a cat. I still do that. Uh, I took him to the vet because he needed to be treated for serious cyst infected on his head from bitten by another animal, a cat or something. And while at the vet, he escaped from the exam table and he got into a cabinet. So it was up to me to get him out of the cabinet and back onto the exam table. Well, he turned his head around 
I, I didn't quite have a view, and he bit my index finger right at the first knuckle behind yeah. the nail. Is that where you were bitten? Uh, no, I was it's bitten in the creature. middle finger on both sides, uh, in the not in the joint, sort of in the middle of the t- sides of the tip. I am is on a moxicillin now. I am on antibiotics. Is it between, is it between the knuckles? Uh, it's the the tip. It's halfway up the tip, the last knuckle, the last joint. It hurts. Okay, what does it make it? <laughs> it hurts like hell. But I don't know. Okay. Yeah, so, I know that you don't want to get it in. Look, the whole finger is kind of swollen. I've only taken one. I take them every 12 hours. So in another hour, I will take my second amoxicillin. How long did it take for you? I assume you got some antibiotics right away? Yes. The antibiotics were for 10 days. However, it took a month to fully heal the injury. Because mm. he bit Whoa. Me. What'd you do with that cat? It sounds like he physically damaged your joint. It sounds like he physically damaged your joint, right? Yes. Yeah, no, it was not bit into the joint. I'm hoping that the infection goes away. What did you do with that wild, that wild feral animal? Never mind. You came with friends. Time is up already. Well, Derek, I... (laughs) Oh, really? Well, Derek, look, I hope your uh, finger heals up for you, and because that's a very important finger, Derek. It is. It's one of my big you know, communication and I'm sure tools. You, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and uh, we'll catch up during the week uh, and just, where can people find you, Colin? Where can they find your podcast, Derek? Townhall.com, four days a week. Podcast, uh, just search Derek Hunter Podcast or go to patreon.com slash Derek Hunter Podcast, and I'll speak to you later today, James. All right, sounds good. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley, we are here on WABC Talk Radio 77, our number one in the can. If you're on hold, stay on hold. We've got more coming up, a lot more. So don't go away. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American James radio. James around news? WABC Talk Radio 77. Welcome to the second hour of our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. You know, that was an amazing report. There was something amazing in that report, the news report with James. Is he still? James, tell him to come back to the microphone. I want to ask him a question. Okay, because this is really kind of amazing. Good morning, Bo. Hey, James, thank you. Listen, this, this subway surfing report that you did, mm-hmm. I, it, it's just, can you explain to the uninitiated? We get a lot of people here that listen from around the country. We all know, those of us that grew up in the city or been around... What is subway surfing? Can you explain to people what that is? Sure. Well, I mean, basically, and it's a little bit different, I guess, now um, concerning some of the subway cars, you know, don't make it as easy to kind of travel in between the cars. You know, back in the day, the old subway cars, they were very easy. It was very easy to open the doors in between the two cars 
and you could kind of yep. you know walk in between the two cars and stuff like that. So you know, uh, teenagers for time and memoriam, right? It's kind of like a, a considered a fun or dangerous, adventurous thing to do is you'll climb out and climb on top of the subway train. So as it rolls along those um, elevated tracks out in the outer boroughs, you know, it's a pretty striking scene to see teenagers hopping along the top of the train like uh, old school, you know, hobos or something like that. But obviously it's extremely dangerous. And one of the crazier things is, you know, it's not necessarily just kids losing their balance or something like that. But, you know, there's all kinds of objects along the tracks, you know, some sort of metal uh, pipe that might be sticking out or a frame, uh, you know, a, a power structure that's holding up a stanchion or something like that and tunnels you know i think one of the i I believe this most recent incident may have been the kid uh slammed into the tunnel um as Mm. they were as they were moving you know the trains moving along so what happens is bo you know for years like you said this has been going on where where kids do it kind of just for something crazy and adventurous and fun to do even though it's you know obviously extremely dangerous this whole subway surfing thing but yeah uh, i'm trying to get the stats up here new york daily news they say 928 people were caught riding outside of subway cars in 2022. That's more than four times as many as in 2020. And in essence, what the cops, because I think it was Michael Kemper, the transit chief, who talked about this on Thursday night, they said it's all about TikTok. You know, it's all about putting this video up on TikTok, and then you can go viral, get all these views, you know, get caught up in the algorithm, so to speak. And that's why they're doing it, is to try to try to become Internet famous, as they say. Yeah, well, you know what, and see, you used to see a lot of this in the movies, too. You'd see these scenes, you remember, I forget which movies they were, guy jumps off the elevated tracks and jumps onto the train as it's moving, rides the, rides the top of the train, runs between the fights on top of the trains and all this stuff. Hollywood makes it look easy. This is, especially when you're dealing with subways and you're dealing with the uh, the kind of curves that are in this system, the mm-hmm. sudden jerks that can throw you off balance. Right. I mean, this is really, look, I, I have to admit, when I was a kid, we used to ride in between the cars because it was cooler. We didn't do it because we wanted to be, there was no internet back then. It, if you're in a packed rush, it, back in the day, when you used to be able to, as you say, open up the doors, go in between cars, some of us used to ride in between the cars because, number one, it wasn't crowded. You didn't have to stand uh, you know, back to back with a bunch of pervs, uh, people, <laughs> and, and, and 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 it was cooler. You caught the breeze as the train was mm-hmm. was moving, mm-hmm. but they quickly closed the door, so you can't really, uh, you know, while the train is moving, open the doors. And we used to be, get used to be able to walk from the beginning of the train, the first car, all the way through the back if you wanted to. And if you got on the train at a wrong stop or, or, or unfamiliar stop, and you knew, for instance, if you, I don't want to get in the weeds in this stuff, but if you, if you, you know where to get off if you commute regularly. If you have to catch a bus, you have to get off maybe at the last car so that when you walk up, you're at the bus stop, whatever. There are all kinds of reasons why people used to move in between cars, but it has become increasingly dangerous. And I guarantee you that most of these, are boys, right? Most of the, most of these, I don't know whether you have any stats on that, but I can guarantee you that most of the subway surfers are guys. Yeah, I don't because have any stats. Guys, I don't have stats yeah. on that, but I'll tell you anecdotally the stories we report on it's it's boys. It's boys because we're what you're a teenager. It's like I'm invincible. 
And and boys do, and I've done it too, and I do it, even as an adult. I continue to say men do stupid things, boys do stupid things, because it's the I wonder what would happen if question. I wonder what would happen if I did this. I wonder, like I remember being a grown adult and having my first full-fledged, uh, you know, 100% power washer at the time, the pressure washer. I'm like, man, this thing looks powerful. I wonder what would happen if this thing touched my skin. And I did it and ripped off the skin on half of my arm. It's like, oh, that's what happens. And so so I, I went to the doctors. How did you do this? Well, it's, oh, you're just stupid. Yeah, because I have that male gene. The I wonder what would happen if gene. But uh, it's, 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 it, this is dangerous stuff. And kids and, and young people need to really... I don't know. What, what do you do with this TikTok? Yeah, I mean, I, at this point, it's really it's it's hard to say, um, obviously, because, you know, you get into all issue of like, you know, freedom of speech and, you know, business is right to operate within the laws that we have and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, we, we do this other story all the time about these Hyundais and Kias that are getting yes. stolen because of yes. this TikTok challenge. Yes. And then there the was TikTok the story challenge. out on Long Island where uh, they call it the Kool-Aid Man Challenge, where you try to just, like, burst through a, a picket fence as hard as you can to, to break it and go through. Oh, yeah. You know, like the Kool-Aid guy. That's another TikTok one. So, I don't know. There's just not a lot of positive trends, it would seem, on TikTok. I didn't hear about the picket fence one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. You burst through the fence, and that's the TikTok. Uh Kool-Aid Man Challenge. And this stuff goes viral mm-hmm. and makes you, everybody wants to be a star. Yeah. James, thanks. You <laughs> thanks got it. Thanks a lot. I, I appreciate it. Yeah, the, I don't, will never, ever erase the, I wonder what will happen if Gene out of men. You know, and, and, and by the way, the, I think, and I may be stepping into dangerous territory here, the I wonder what would happen if Gene is part of this horrible story that happened with the submersible. Because you saw time and time there were warnings about the structure. But I wonder what would happen if we use carbon filler instead of, instead of building this out of heavier, constru- a heavier construction. What would happen if we made it lighter? What would happen if we made it so that this thing actually had less weight? Well, that's great, except for the fatigue that happens. And I bet you, I'm not a scientist. I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't bet you. But I wonder if time goes on, if what we're going to hear is that the reason that this imploded was because after repeated use, the materials were fatigued. And it could be just a microscopic crack that then leads to a catastrophe. There's another story about all the memes and horrible jokes that people have been, the dark humor that has gone after this submersible crash. In fact, I printed it out somewhere. I may have it about all the jokes that people are telling, especially since they're rich and they're making jokes that the people were so rich, and they that's the theme. Rich guys die, ha-ha, it's funny. 
And, of course, there was nothing funny about it. But dark humor, dark humor, humor exists all the time. There is actually a good story that I'd like to share with you. I found this this morning, and I was like, wow, there's actually some good, a good news story here. So I'm going to take a minute and share this with you. I'm going to get back to more uh, more of your phone calls, 800-848-WABC. The lines are full right now, but that's the number when they become less full or when someone hangs up. This was reported from CBS News. Teen who walked six miles to eighth grade graduation gets college scholarship on the spot. Here's the story. Though Xavier Jones, just 14, was a stranger to Latonia Collins-Smith, something clicked when they met. That kid, that day, it was just something that resonated with my spirit, Collins-Smith said. The 14-year-old boy, Xavier Jones, started that day on a mission. His grandfather's car wasn't working, and he had somewhere to be. So he started walking the six-mile route, which took over two hours, and wound through tough neighborhoods, busy traffic, all under the blazing sun. At some point, he was so thirsty, he asked strangers for a dollar just to buy something to drink. He thought about turning back, but he always pressed on. The goal? To walk another 30 feet across the stage and collect his eighth grade diploma in a ceremony held at the Harris-Stowe State University, a historically black university in St. Louis, Missouri, where Connor Smith is the president. If you, if, and this is what the kids said, If you, like, really want to get something, then you have to work hard for it. That's what the kid said. Colin Smith, the president of the university, was in the auditorium that day. And she was inspired by this student who walked six miles in the blazing sun so he could collect his eighth grade diploma. She said he wanted to be present. That speaks volumes. Half the battle is showing up. She awarded a scholarship to this eighth grader on the spot. The full four-year full-ride scholarship would cover all his tuition at the school. And that's an exciting prospect, of course, for any student. But he thought it meant something else. He thought that full ride meant that he would get a ride to college so he wouldn't have to walk here again. That's what the uh, university president said laughing. Fortunately, Xavier Jones still has four years of high school to process that offer. Until then, he plans to keep up his already excellent grades, keep stoking that fire in his belly. He has also been given a bike. 
and his family was given a new vehicle courtesy of local business. That chokes me up a little bit. I'm sorry. So he won't have to walk that long route again. This eighth grade boy says it basically comes from who I am and the kind of person I want to be. And that's the kind of person that uh, Colin Smith wants in her university. She says, you know, oftentimes in colleges we spend a lot of time on standardized test scores because that's who you are. It's not true. Instead, she prefers to find students like Jones, the ones who are better measured by how far they've come. And that was just the sweetest story. And it kind of uh, it kind of choked me up when I read it. Eighth grade boy. Granddad's car is not working, so what does he do? A two-hour walk to get to his graduation because he just has to be there for it. With all the bad news that goes along, my friends, isn't it nice once in a while to find a story like that? James Golden, a.k.a. Snurdy. Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Your call's coming up. More news coming up. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Welcome aboard. Nice to see you again, sir. Now, here's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC. WABC Talk Radio 77 in New York. Jerry Rafferty brings us back. This is right down the line. This was the album that had Baker Street on it, his big blow-up hit. Nick, see if you can find Baker Street if we have it in the library. And we'll play that a little bit later, because Baker Street, boy, that was such a blow-up hit for him. Let's hear a little bit of Baker Street. Just mix it. Yeah, you remember this, don't you? Jerry Rafferty, Twin Spin, here on WABC Talk Radio 77.
We're in summer, the very beginning of summer. Of course, you know, as soon as summer starts, it's just days until it seems like it's over. So enjoy the summer here with us on WABC and our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Let's enjoy a few seconds of Jerry. with the twin spin here on WABC. Avery, what's going on with you, dude, this morning? Avery? I can't hear Avery. Nick, what's going on in there? Hey, what's going on, man? Oh, man, I'm good, man. Listen, I, do you ever read Dear Abby, Avery? Do I ever read do you know Abby? who dear? Do you know who Dear Abby is? Yeah, I heard of it. You heard of it, yeah. her. Well, yeah. Well, her. back at, okay. So when I was growing up, dear dear Abby was like the number one advice column. Now the original Avery Abigail Van Buren that wasn't her real name; it's a pseudonym. But she has passed, and now the dear Abby column has been taken over by her daughter. You can find it at dearabby.com. and she's in tons of newspapers and tons of online around the country. At all advice. And I read a Dear Abby column, and instantly, I don't know why, Avery, I thought about you. I said, you know, I wonder if if in the future, maybe Avery might do an advice column. But let me give you an example, just an example of what a Dear Abby column sounds like, okay? Yeah. All right. So it starts off, this one was in the Boston Herald today. It says, Dear Abby, I met my wife in college. Why are you laughing? He met his wife in college. We've been married for 40 years, and we have two adult sons. My wife briefly had a brief affair early in our marriage, but we've long since moved on from that. However, increasingly over the last 15 years, my wife who is a career homemaker, that's her choice, has been aggressively making demands in exchange for anything she does for me, i.e., if I don't buy her something, she won't cook dinner, do the laundry, or have sex. I buy her things all the time. I give her an allowance, roughly 70% of my take-home pay. Some of some of her demands some of her demands I simply cannot afford. So I often cook, clean myself. 
As a result, we haven't had sex in more than 10 years. <laughs> and then it says, it goes on, we're not done. He says, two years ago, he met a younger gal. She's also married, separated, blah, blah, blah. She's still at home with her husband. Uh, here we go. The two of them meet as often as they can. He finds her delightful. She's easy <laughs> to get along with. Lately, she's saying that, hey, let's let's split these. Let's go Splitsville with these two losers, and we should get married. And he says he's concerned. First of all, his when his wife gets really ticked at him, she threatens to divorce him and take everything that he's got, even if it cost her everything as well. And he says she doesn't bluff. And secondly, the girlfriend is so much younger, he's concerned that although things are great now, in the not-too-distant future, he's going to be an old dude. He's going to be a burden to her. And then that's what he's looking for advice hmm. for Abby. Now, Abby says the guy's marriage sounds like it's been over for years, but long story short, she says he shouldn't jump into the frying pan into the fire because, you know, he's got to think about the age difference and blah, 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 blah. So, Avery, when you hear that kind of story, what do you think? Man, that is tough, man. Well, actually, no, it's not tough. I will stay with I will stay with the wife and then do my own thing on the side. <laughs> Avery, that's not moral. It, it, that's it, called it, adultery, bro. The, what's that's the, not. What's the name of the song, bro? It's cheaper to keeper. <laughs> <laughs> That's all that well, apparently, problem. wait a minute. He said he's giving the, his wife seventy percent of the take home pay, and she's and he's still. I don't not know how shall we say. Yeah, well, he, well, I don't know his financial status. So that, so does does that still allow him, like you know, pocket change to live, or are they just barely getting by on ramen noodles? <laughs> that would affect my decision making too. <laughs> What? If he makes two million a year, giving her seventy, giving her seventy percent, he still can live, have a good life on the side. But if he makes, you know, forty thousand a year, then you know he got to come home and you know, and just be miserable. <laughs> come home and be miserable. Yeah, and he got to do. What he he got to do what he got to do. Uh, okay. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Um, a lot of Robitussin. A lot of Robitussin in a drink one night, <laughs> and she wake what? up, and she wake up with a headache, <laughs> and I got a smile on my face. <laughs> oh, I just caught that, Avery. That is just terrible. It's not bad. It's not bad if it's your wife. <laughs> if she want to play that way, we can play that way. We can play war games in the house. <laughs> I'll be, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be crushing up little pills every day. <laughs> Break home some intimates. You know, if you start down that road, you know she's the cook, man. She uh, could do a lot for you. She, you know, well, that, that, that you... again, like we'll both be waking up with headaches. Like I'm telling you, <laughs> a man get desperate if he go that long without it. <laughs> Oh, you know, is this, saying, is this bro, what it comes to? I can't divorce her because I lose everything. So that's not on the table. <laughs> it is. It is a um, an adjusted hell. It is like it's, 
It's, it's a hell you have to, you know, live with. Okay. Ah, uh, goodness gracious. I, uh, yeah. One day she get I, me, I, one day I get her. You know, I had, a, I had a neighbor. I'm not kidding about this. When I was a kid, I didn't understand what was going on. They had a horrible fight. Uh-huh. Uh, these two uh, neighbors of mine, they were older people, and, um, and she uh, did up his food with some X-lax yeah. in over-extreme doses. That's what I'm talking about. And it was, I mean, you can't do that to people. This is the type of life you just can't have company over. <laughs> <laughs> you got to warn them, like, hey, bring McDonald's when you come over, bro. When, when, you come, when you come over to watch the game, bring McDonald's. Trust me. And, and, and your own soda and your own beer. Like, just bring everything in your own. Don't touch nothing in the house. Oh, boy. Okay. I think you, I really do think, Avery, I really do think if, that we ought to have, you ought to do your own advice column. I really do. You know, not to not, Dear Abby's wonderful. We always want to give her credit. That was her column. And, but I, the scenarios that she raises, you have such a different take. I really think maybe an advice column is in your let's, future somewhere, Avery. Yeah, let's, yeah, let's, <laughs> let's, 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 I'm giving you the real advice. The, you know, how to live behind <laughs> enemy lines. That's that is behind enemy lines. That 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 scenario you laid out, man. That's, that's where you come in. You you come over and work every day. You stick your head in and you look both ways before you walk through the door every day. You don't know what you're walking into. That's no way to live. But you can't divorce her. Like I said, if if I'm CEO of Disney, I'll divorce her because I'm still good. If I, you know, if I give her the money, but if I make forty thousand a year, I got to tiptoe through that door every day with, with, with like a Kevlar vest on. <laughs> ah, okay, James Golden, aka Snurlius, both certainly Saturday morning radio extravaganza here. The gang is here. Nick's here. Avery's here. We got it all. Your calls later on. America's small caffeinated mom will join us too. (sighs) 800-848-WABC. And we're coming back. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go away. We'll be right back. George Benson. And brings us back here on WABC. This song first recorded as a ballad, a slower ballad, by LTD. But George Benson took it to another place. Yeah, get some Robert Tussin. Uh, yeah. 
One of America's great songwriters texted me, Ms. Churchill, that Thunder Island is a good summer song. Yeah, we don't have it, Ms. Churchill, we don't have it in the library. We're going we're gonna to get it. And if you have any great summer songs, you know, you can always give us recommendations on what you like. We'll write them down. We'll add them to the library. So, and it doesn't, not just apply to summer songs, other things that you want to hear. We love sharing music with you. I just got... I just got this amazing classical recording. I had to get it imported from Poland. And it just got here the other day, so I'm going to listen to it later today. I love this guitar solo. George Benson. Yeah, we'll do that. It is time for the morning dance, but we'll do that in a while. We'll do that after the next break. We'll do the morning dance. Thank you. All right, let's get back to the uh, let's get back to the telephones. Let's go to uh, Kevin in Long Island. How are you, Kevin? Good morning. Good morning, Bo. Nice to hear from you. Great conversations all the time. I'm going back about three weeks ago. You did that song, "Light My Fire by the Doors" in 1967. Yes. Just to tell you, I'm I'm 70 years old. We were the last school in New York City to graduate at eighth grade. After that, it only went up to sixth grade. My problem wow. was I, I it's, it's true. PS 198 in Brooklyn. We were the last school in Brooklyn, oh New York City, to go to eighth grade. Uh, next step was high school. I was on. I couldn't graduate because I wasn't. I couldn't read. But the principal had to let me go to high school. I went to vocational school in Brooklyn, Grady High School, vocational school in Brooklyn, right off the Belt Parkway. I went through a lot of, a lot of times because I couldn't read. People made fun of me. They made me go to summer school before I got to high school to try to help me read. And I did it three days, and the kid who was helping me was making fun of me because I was six foot three. He called me doofy. He called me, instead of having brains, you had something else. And instead of having brains, you got something else. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know. It was very tough. Yeah. Tough. And I went through 25 years of being a teamster. I went through 15 years of being a hospital worker as a helper in the hospital maintenance department. I got two two pensions. I have two children, four grandchildren. I'm married 50 years this July 14th to a wonderful woman who wasn't easy. Like the guy said, you got to watch sometimes when they cook, when you get a fight going on, you got to be careful. You know, you know what I'm talking about? You know what I mean? Hey, listen to me. I listen to a lot of seniors talk, and a lot of them talk. They're afraid sometimes to go back home. I see them in the clubhouse. They talk and they talk and they talk. And when the wife's around, they don't talk. When the wife's around, they don't talk. I swear to God, you get six men in a room. As soon as a woman walks in the room, they shut up. That's it. They, they, they're they're butt lit because when they go home, what you say that for? What you talk about that for? What you talk about that? For? What do you tell them? What do you tell me I don't clean? What do you tell me I don't cook? What do you tell me I don't do? I wasn't talking about you. Yes, you are. You know what I mean? But it's been, it was a very tough road, you know what I mean? It was I know very it's hard. Fine. You know what I mean? It's like it, it brought back a lot of tears in my eyes growing up, you know what I mean? 
A lot of people made fun of me. You know, you go in the doctor's office, they give you the paperwork and say, you know, can somebody help me? If you can't do it, then get out of the office, you know. And a woman called me one day and says, all right, give me, give me the paperwork. I'll give you a hand. With you, with you. The best thing everybody used to say, you don't have your glasses. I don't have my glasses. That's why you couldn't read the paperwork, you know what I mean, and do the paperwork, you know what I mean? You brought right. a lot of tears to me. You brought a lot of tears to my eyes that Saturday morning. There was a great song by the Doors, like My Fire. It was a great song. And then, you know, 1969, Woodstock did a different version of it, but it was really, really very touching moment. You know what I mean? I appreciate it. And you have some great conversations. I really appreciate it very much. Don't Man, Kevin, I love you. Let me ask you a qu- Let me just say this to you. Let me ask you a question. You went through some real rough times. You said you went through a lot of rough times. Illiterate, but you talked about what you were able to do, your children, you worked, two pensions you got. Do you feel that your life has been a success? Yes, I my my category, I say so it was, really. You know, I never got arrested pretty close to it a lot of times. Got a lot of trouble a few times, but the woman straightened me out. You know I mean, you know, being married to a woman for fifty years. She knows how to put you in the right tracks. You know what I'm talking about. You know what I mean? Like that. You know, it's been rough yeah, times. Yeah, baby. Times. You know what I mean? Like that. You know, like I always say, you can't live with me. You can't live without him. You know what I mean? It's an old saying like that. Yeah, you know, there's another saying, too, that I can't. Well, anyway, but uh, but look, I am so happy that you are in this audience. You are a success in so many ways. And you are also an inspiration. You know, and you didn't let anything stop you, even the inability on your part to handle the reading thing. You still made your life a success. And this is what this is what a man you you are in the definition of the man's man. You one of those guys. You didn't let anything stop you from succeeding. You achieved everything you had to achieve anyway, in spite of all the obstacles that were put in front of you. And I hope you're enjoying it right now. I hope you're enjoying your life. Are you enjoying where you're at right now in life? Yes. Yes, I am. I'm, it's not easy, you know, taking care of the grandchildren and doing this and going to doctors and going to doctors and more doctors. That's all. That's what happens when you retire. That's it. You go to doctors and, and CVS. That's it. <laughs> doctors and CVS. <laughs> yes. To get more Robitussin. Anyway, thank you so much. I do appreciate the call. And you're getting some statements. People are hitting me up on the DM. They are so proud of you. And thank you. Thank you, Kevin, for being in the audience. And thank you for sharing that with us. Rocco in Saratoga, you've been holding. How you doing, Rocco? Guys, Welcome. I'm, I'm doing incredible. You, you guys have an incredible show. Incredible. I, I love it. I love the music. I love everything about it. I have so many things to say. I don't think I'll get the time to say Avery should do a stand-up routine. I'd come and see him every night. Funniest dude I've ever heard on the radio. <laughs> always, always. He's a he's a belly laugh every time. Every I'm time. Incredible. He does great stuff with Curtis when he uh, – not with Curtis, with um, – what's his name? He knows at 4 in the morning. But it's incredible, that hour when they make fun of uh, what's our guy's name. You know, that late show dude. But anyway, well, yeah, it. yeah, yeah. I, I know I'll be quick. I got so much to say, James. Uh, let me roll and let's see where we pick it up. Summer wins Sinatra. Come on. Right. Some. Okay. Write it down, songs. Nick. Summer wins Sinatra. Oh, yeah. You got to do that. Now, Billboard okay. doesn't know what the heck they're talking about. That 
Olivia Newton-John's Let's Get Physical is the sexiest song ever. What, hey, Billy Paul, me and Mrs. Jones, Mrs. since we're talking about infidelity, Billy Paul, me and Mrs. Jones, Teddy Pendergrass, Marvin. Close the Marvin door. Gay. Come on. I want Come you. On. Yeah, Come that's on, what I'm talking yes. about, okay? That's, that's what I'm talking about, James. Billboard doesn't Marvin, know what you're talking about. Let's talk yeah. music. Let's not talk. Olivia's fine, but that's not. That's a teeny bop song, Let's Get Physical. We're talking real sensuality with Billy Paul, me and Mrs. Jones. Teddy, everything he comes out of his mouth is sensual. Please. Come on. If you're not into that, you're not, you're not living. Come on. So, well, we got to go take a break. So this is for you, my okay. friend. Next time. Next time. Next time, James, my friend. Frank. Up. Thank you. Summer Wind. As we go into our break here on WABC, Saturday morning radio extravaganza. 848-WABC, the, the number to call. Came blowing in from across the sea. It lingered there to touch your hair and walk with me. There's only one, and there will only ever be one, All Frank Sinatra. Long, we sang a song, and then we strolled that golden sand. Two sweethearts and the summer wind. This is the Saturday Morning Radio Extravaganza. Now, here's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC. Yeah, the other, uh, he referenced, Rocco did other sexy songs. This one from Marvin Gaye didn't even make the list. And it should have. Oh, baby, please turn yourself around. Oh, baby, so I can love you. Girl. Avery, you ever heard this song before? Oh, baby, I'll make you feel Avery screening so calls. And how does Barry White not get on that list? Marvin Gaye brings us back on WABC. Let's go to Tom in Woodbridge. Tom, welcome you on WABC. It's our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. How are you, Tom? Uh, yes, good morning. Hello, Hello Tom. You're doing uh, yes, can you hear me? I hear you now. Hello? Okay. Yeah, Tom. All right. Uh, so basically, I just like, before I get to my main uh, comment with regard to uh, the Justice Department, uh, you, you had a call earlier uh, that mentioned about the evil, and I think that's really evil in, in government. And I think it's a very apropos word that she used uh, because, you know, in order to understand the ideology behind the Democratic Party, that extreme left sick ideology that they actually follow and subscribe to, I suggest picking up a book. It's called the culture no 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 i'm not doing books 
I have not vetted them. And I have issues with people calling here sometimes recommending books that I would never say I want that book recommended on my show. So I would prefer not. Please don't recommend books. Okay, anyway, I'll go to my comment. To your point. Okay. Oh, okay, very good. Now, with regard to uh, the Justice Department, <clears throat> now people on the left, you know, they might be ecstatic and say that, you know, well, this is a wonderful day. You know, we have the uh, Merrick Garland and we have the whole apparatus in the Justice Department going after Trump, going after people who are opposed to CRT, uh, brainwashing in our school system, uh, going after people who are opposed to transgender uh, propaganda, again, aimed at our kids. Uh, going after people on the right for political as opposed to forensic reasons, all right? Similar to what's happening to those January 6th protesters who are languishing right now in abominable conditions, still for nearly three years down in Washington, D.C., for little more than misdemeanors, trespassing charges, really. Now, my point is this, you know, they're saying, I mean, the people on the left, you know, who might be looking at this as spectators, they might be saying, this is a wonderful day. We really stick it to those people that we don't like for political reasons. But little do they understand that in a, a police state, which is what this country has been transformed into, no one is safe from arbitrary government power used against them for political reasons. It's just like I what would happen in the Soviet Hold on. Hold on. I want you to repeat that one more time. Sure. In a police state... A totalitarian police state, which is what all these left-wing ideologies produce, no one is safe from arbitrary governmental power for aimed at them for political reasons. No one, not even the people who wield it, just like in the Soviet Union. All right. Initially, they started now, off. I want to jump in right now. I want to jump in because you just triggered a thought. This is what the danger is when you abandon what was supposed to be an independent agency in the executive branch. The politicization of the Justice Department did not just start. The corruption of the FBI did not just start. If you go back, and I frequently cite this, I cite the 900 or so FBI files that ended up in the Clinton White House with no accountability. You can go further back in the FBI history and look at the abuse of law that the FBI participated in during the Civil Rights Movement, including the wiretapping of Dr. King and try to blackmail him with infidelity. Okay, and I'm not saying that I know that whether he did or not is to me insignificant. The government had no right to try to blackmail him with the FBI to try to get him to shut up in the quest to ensure that Americans, all Americans, had access to the liberty that was promised us by the United States Constitution. And by us, I mean every American. The, the FBI has been corrupt almost since its inception. Many people have forgotten that in the opening years of the FBI, they targeted Italian Americans. And I'm not talking about mobsters. I'm talking about immigrants. Im just immigrants to this country because J. Edgar Hoover had a thing 
about them, and he used that agency as his own personal fiefdom. The fact that J. Edgar Hoover's name is on the FBI building in D.C. is a disgrace, but it's also, to me, a reminder of the kind of uh, corruption that has existed in that agency almost from the beginning. Now, I know a lot of people get upset. Oh, James, you're a conservative. You're supposed to knee-jerk. Just go along with law enforcement. Law enforcement's part of the government. And if you're telling me that we should always be skeptical of, of big government, then be skeptical of big law enforcement, too. Not that we should not be respectful. Not that we should not support those people who risk their lives for us to keep us away from chaos and tyranny on the streets like we see in so many blue cities today. But that doesn't mean we should overlook the abuses. And the FBI abuses have been overlooked for decades or unaddressed. The Department of Justice is anything but. And as Tom so eloquently pointed out, while some people may cheer while they're going after you, your enemies, There will come a day when these departments are in other hands. And what you are cheering at today, you may cry at tomorrow if this continues. We cannot, as a nation devoted to liberty, devoted to freedom, ever exercise the full potential of America's promise until we clean up these agencies. These agencies should be neutral to everything but the rule of law. It should not matter whether a Democrat, Republican, Independent, Green Party is in office. The rule of law should be the only thing that matters, but right now, it's the least thing that matters. And I'm telling you, until we get a handle on this, and there are so many things that right now we have to get a handle on. There was, and and I don't know, he also said something that triggered this too. I, I had a video, I sent it to a dear friend of mine this morning, of one of the pride demonstrations that was taking place, one of these parades. And the chant that was being said We're here, we're queer, we're coming for your children. We're here, we're queer, we're coming for your children. And you'll find that it's being spread. Look, this stuff is real. What we are facing in this society is real. And it's going to require every American of goodwill to get involved, to turn this around so that we can have the country, the America that was promised to us in our founding documents and the America that is morally correct. And we are a long ways from that right now. Our number two in the can, our number three coming up. Do not go away.
It's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdly, on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio. Welcome to the Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Hour number three here so quickly. 800-848-WABC is the number to call if you want to be part of the program. 800-848-WABC. Let me tell you something, folks. Uh, James Flippin did, of course, brilliant job with the top of the hour news, as always. I want to pick up on one of the stories he did. I had it in my many stacks of things that I bring to the table. And I never get to all of it. And that is the Director of National Intelligence releases declassified COVID origins report. And I'm just going to tell you two letters that will tell you everything I think about this report. B.S. Bo Snerdly. Barbara Streisand. Bo Snerdly. B.S. The nine-page report on the potential links between the Wuhan Institute of Virology and the origin of the COVID-19 pandemic analyzed the intelligence communities. Give me a break. It analyzed their understanding of it, and they don't address the merits of the two most likely pandemic origins hypothesis, nor does it explore the other biological facilities in Wuhan other than the Wuhan uh, Institute of Virology. This report was declassified. They claim they haven't come to a conclusion whether it was COVID-19 was spurred by a lab leak or by natural exposure to an infected animal. Like, they're back to this business, oh, it could be one of the wild animals at a wet market. Give me a break. This is just such garbage. I talked to members of the intelligence community back when the COVID vaccine, uh, the COVID pandemic was just beginning. And I got a lot clearer understanding from those people in the intelligence community than you're getting from this report today. They knew. And they were tracking certain individuals from the Wuhan. At least this is what they told me. And I have no reason to doubt them. Okay? You also have things you're being asked to believe here. There was a Daily Mail story, I will dig it up if I had to, that talked about the fact that they were surprised to find a patented code inside of the virus that had been patented years before. How can you tell me this came from some, oh, just some natural coincidence, some natural circumstance with some wild animals at the, at the wet market or the market? Give me a break. This flies in the face of everything that is known about covid Here's the questions that we don't know. Was this a pandemic or was it a plandemic? I read another report that talked about the origin of COVID and the COVID, what we call COVID today, 
has been around as a man-made, man-altered virus since the 1960s, according, I'm not saying this as a statement of fact, I'm telling you what was in a report that I read, that said that this virus has been around since the 1960s as a man-made phenom. I'm not saying it's true. One more time. I'm not here to spread misinformation. I'm saying I don't know about it. But there are questions that need to be answered that other scientists have put out there. And you don't see any of it in this government report. And this is the same government that's busy telling us that they can't figure out whether the bribes that everybody else seems to know happened to Hunter Biden, whether they happened or not, these are the same people that we can't trust to tell us the truth in so many other aspects of life. These are the same people that tell us that the vaccines first were going to stop the transmission of it. It did not. We do know that. We still don't know because they won't answer the questions. Who profits in the government? Who profits from the so-called cure? Because they will not release the royalties that are being paid to certain people that might include people like Dr. Fauci. Why is Robert Kennedy being slammed and these attacks on Robert Kennedy Jr. when he talks about this? You know, I used to believe the drivel that Robert Kennedy Jr. was just some uh, 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 anti-vaccine nutcase until, until, and I guess, yes, nursey nurse, I did see Dr. David Martin addressing the EU, and I played some of it. It is astounding what the EU is being told and what we are not being told about the origins of COVID. Why do you think I'm talking about this right now? Because this report from the NIH, this I'm sorry, from the Director of National Intelligence, is just more government garbage drivel. It is not addressing the key questions. This is just meant to make it go away. This is another piece of, oh, oh, we don't really know this. We don't really know that. Oh, bull. There are a lot of people who know a lot more about this, and they are not being listened to in terms of what the government is saying about this. And I'm telling you the truth. I don't trust anything that is coming out of the Biden administration when it comes to COVID, the origins of COVID. I, not one thing are they saying that is, to me, my humble opinion trustworthy. Nothing. You talk about the need for an independent agency. What we need is an independent, a truly independent agency of the best scientists from among the world to look at this question and stop relying on people that may have a vested interest in keeping the facts away from the American people. I used to think uh, everybody that used to use that term pandemic. 
I used to, the first thing I heard when there's somebody was, oh, it's a pandemic. Oh, here we go with a bunch of kooks. These are the same old kooks who are always talking to us about the, 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 the freaking, uh, what is it, uh, up in the clouds, uh, the, uh, you know, whatever. The cloud stuff, the cloud formations that aren't right. Yeah, the chemtrails. Uh, these are the same kooks. Here we go again. These are the same kooks every time. Oh, and by the way, does this mean that I don't believe there are kooks out there? No, there are kooks out there. There are some serious kooks out there. Already, the kooks are having at it with the kook theories on this submersible and how this was planned out. And the, one of the first things you always hear from the kooks, no matter what happens in the news, they always have one line. The kooks start out with this line. Well, you know, this is a distraction. No matter what it is, this is a distraction. This is a distraction. Nothing is ever what it really is. It's a dis- Everything is a distraction. But that said... I am have and I and I keep telling you I am very cautious about this stuff. I'm not going to come out and say something is absolutely certain until I'm sure it's absolutely certain, but I will tell you I have more questions than answers now about this stuff. And now when I hear people talk about a pandemic, I don't necessarily think that they're kooks. Because too much information has come out. And it's information that these government, like the stupid report that's being issued that we're all just supposed to swallow and just say, oh, well, I guess nobody really knows. Oh, that's No, there are people that know. And they're giving us a lot more straight answers than anybody in this government over this. Now, this, this COVID killed upwards of a million people or more. What has happened with this vaccine has never been documented. I saw another person, these are real human beings, that posted on Twitter a picture of their daughter in the hospital still. And she has been in the hospital, unable in a state of paralysis, this person said, ever since she got vaccinated. Now, could this be a setup? Yes. Do I know this person? No. Are there people that scam us on everything? Yes. So I have to look at that with a grain of salt. And if it was just one, maybe I'd say, okay, that's just a knockoff, maybe a coup. But you know what? When you go around the world, there are thousands and thousands now of people who are saying, I have had adverse reactions to these things. There have been the increases of suddenly dead people. And meanwhile, this government brazenly tells us, oh, there's nothing to see here. The best of intelligence communities, well, we don't know what happened here. Uh, Some of us think maybe it's like, you know, the bat at the Wuhan wet market, and maybe it was a lab leak, but we don't know. Oh, garbage. If this is the best that we get for the billions and billions and billions of dollars that we pour into the intelligence community of the United States, then we need a refund. Because this is not intelligence that we're getting. This is simple brainwashing. It is cover-up. 
It is we are not going to tell you the truth. We are going to give you a story that we hope you buy as the truth. This is garbage. And the United States, the people of the United States, who were, whose lives were at risk, who many lost people in their family to this thing, others who have been affected by the mandates to take vaccinations, deserve to know the truth. And I am not here on a mountaintop proclaiming that I have the truth. I only know that we aren't getting the truth. And then anybody that stands up, no matter how researched and well they are researched, like Dr. Naomi Wolf, who's been on this show two or three times, like this Dr. Martin over there in the, in, in, in the European Union, anybody that stands up with definitive research, the research is never, ever, ever argued down by these same government officials. They never send anybody out to address the points that people like Dr. Wolf raise, like people that Robert Kennedy Jr. are raising, like people that Dr. Martin are raising. What they do is they smear them, and they make you think that these people are off the reservation, that they're complete nut jobs, therefore don't believe anything that they say. But never once do they contradict the evidence that these people lay out. I am not a scientist. I am not the person who should be who should come to and you should say, yeah, well, James said this, and so it must be. No, I'm not a scientist. I am an observer. And I am telling you that what I observe is that we as a people are not getting the truth. And we deserve the truth. And on that. I'll take a break. WABC, let's listen to some music. I need to calm down. WABC Talk Radio 77. National Intelligence. Give us a refund for the billions we spend on intelligence because we're not getting any from this government. Saturday morning radio extravaganza. James, welcome aboard. Nice to see you again, sir. Now, here's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC. It is summer in the city. And this, of course, Sly in the Family Stone.
Larry Graham. Oh, yeah, baby. Yeah, a little summer madness on WABC Talk Radio 77. Remember Cousin Brucey tonight on Music Radio WABC. Let's head back to the telephones and let's talk to Melaine in Danbury, Connecticut. Melaine, thank mm-hmm. you for waiting. Thank you for Hi. being so patient. Hi, Paul. Hi um, there. It's Melanie. It's Melanie. I've talked to Melanie, you Melanie, I'm sorry, Melanie. Thank Melanie, you, Melanie. No, it's fine. I have a lot of things to say. But the last thing that you just, you know, espoused on, I totally agree with you. Not that it matters, but, yeah, I'm totally mm-hmm. about the vaccine, you know, conspiracy, and I've, I totally believe that. The other thing I want to say, um, lighten it up a bit, Avery, he's, he's my favorite. Um, ah. I've heard him. He's so funny. And um, I know the other bits he does with uh, Curtis and our other guy. Frank, and I just, he is so funny, and he should write a column, don't you think? Aha, mm-hmm. I, I think, think so. And it's so nice of you as his, when you employ him, you know, whatever, that you're promoting him to do that, or stand up. He is so, he's so funny. I talked to him about this, plus I love his voice. Me it's too. very sexy. It's just very sexy, and yours Uh-oh. is too. Oh, thank you. I no, but what I'm saying, Avery's voice is sexy. And no, no, no. Well, yours is more. You know, okay. So, and I also wanted to com- comment on that. Barry White. I listen to him all the time. He is. He, I love his voice and his music, and it was fun. And I want to say I really admire the way you talked really calmly with your distractors or those who don't agree with you. Because sometimes I'm here sitting here thinking, oh, my gosh, you know, but you are so calm and you, you're you so intelligent with all your info. So I just I want to, you know, bring that to you. And because I remember when I last talked to you, your um, you said your dad was always um, loving and kind. And he was Very, nice. My dad people. was the kindest human being yes. I've ever known. Yes. I remember that because oh, yeah. I, I oh, called yeah. you when I was talking with Ernie, and and I said Ernie was very nice to me, and loving and kind back Ernie in my day. Ernie asked us who who is who, who Ernie is just another one. Ernie has a special, a very very special place in my heart. You know, Ernie, um, I, as I told him when he was on the show with us, I remember when Ernie first came to New York, and Ernie was the talk of the town. He was the toast of the town when he first got here. And he still is. I mean, everyone. I've never m- met anybody that is that knows the the history of the the news business in New York or or the media business. I've never met anybody that doesn't have anything but kind words to say about Ernie Anastas. He is he he walks the walk, and that's what is really important about him. You know, sometimes you read about people that put on a certain image. And then you get the backstory, and the backstory does not comport to the image. Everything that you hear about Ernie, from people that know Ernie and have had the pleasure of knowing him, and the positiveness that he always, always brings. This is a guy whose life apparently 
is dedicated to being positive and to and to try and and it's kind of his mission is to bring positivity inside the media environment and i love the guy i'm telling you unabashedly i love this guy he's one of the most amazing broadcasters i think in new york city history and for those that know him beyond new york city um he's just one of the most amazing media figures ever and we are so proud to have him on WABC. He's just hes just an amazing guy. Melanie, I got to run. I got to take some other calls, but thank you so very, very much. But one more I thing. I appreciate it. Yes, Question. one more thing quickly. Yeah, okay. request. Um, Ray, Ray Charles, America the Beautiful. Oh, especially the live version on that. The live okay. version is insanely yeah. incredible. Thank you, Melanie. Okay. Thank you for the call. Okay. I appreciate you. Pete in Queens, New York, how are you? Hello, Pete. How are you Bo. doing this morning? Bo, good morning. Listen, your sidekick, Avery, is a scream. That guy's a wild man. Keep him around, man. He's rich, incredible. Funny guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> I don't think the problem with our country is going to resolve anytime soon because of voting, but that's another topic for another day I'll call. But... Uh, you were talking about sexy songs before, and do you ever hear a Dusty Springfield, The Look of Love? Of course. My of God, course. put that on. Isn't that incredible? Yeah, I think we have Dusty's version, but you know who also does? So many people have done that. One day, you know, Lisa had said a while ago that we need to do a show where we just do cover songs. Let me tell you, when you talk about Dusty Springfield's The Look of Love, that song has been... Play a little bit of it, Nick. That song has been recorded <laughs> by... Great, man. Thanks for putting it on. Yeah. Oh. Yes. This is a, when the sax comes at the end, man, it is unbelievable. Well, actually, the trumpet starts. It's like a bossa. Great, bossa nova. It is. It's really cool stuff. But also, a side note, Peggy Lee also, Viva, that's really incredible as well. Peggy Lee is awesome, too. Yeah, yeah, that's... Now, you know, there are so many artists that have done this over again, this this cover song. Right. Some of my favorites, Isaac Hayes does an amazing version of this song. Anita Baker... Will Downing. Yeah. Oh, it is so sensuous. Yeah, these these guys, they know how to play their instruments. They express very well. Yes. It's not only her. The the whole... uh, And and they're not overplaying. They're giving her room. Yeah, exactly. Nobody here is overplaying... They're just, it, it, it's just a perfect blend. Oh, yeah. I mean, they prop her up perfectly. And that's the idea when you got pros and guys that know what they're doing. So it's, it's yep. wonderful you're putting it on. Great tune. Thanks, Pete. We have Isaac Hayes, right? We have that in this mix. Do a mix real quick on Isaac's. It's got a, such a long introduction, though. We may have to. This is Isaac Hayes. 
but yeah. The Look of Love. We're talking sexy songs this morning. Also, summer songs. And if you have one for us, let us know. We're going to write them all down and slowly introduce them into our library. It's our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. More of your calls coming up. Don't go away. The Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Now, here's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC. So quickly, my friends, we head into the home stretch of this, our Saturday morning radio extravaganza on WABC Talk Radio. It's James Golden. I'm both snurdy with you here. Hoping that your presence is indeed very pleasant this morning. We love having you here. Another sexy song. If you know, if you don't know where this came from, we had an entry today. Billboard on this day, way back when, had declared Olivia Newton-John's physical the most sexy song of all time, and many people begged to differ. Not that they don't like the song. But they said, uh, 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 no, 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 no. There are some others. Like this one. Yeah. We are going to get back to the telephones. Do we have that? Was he able to grab that bite? Okay, good. You know, I referenced something earlier that I saw on Twitter. And to me, when I saw it, I'm like, really? Is this really happening? And it was happening. So we, we're, we're working on the bite. Thanks, Kevin. And Nick, and we'll have it for you shortly because I want you to hear it, too. In the meantime, we can go back to the telephones. Oh, we do? 
Okay, we have it. I mentioned this audio, and the only thing that's missing is the location. There is video attached to it, and you can see that it is at a Pride event. We're trying to find out exactly what city, what locale this Pride event was held in. But this is what was being chanted during that Pride event. We're here, we're queer, we're coming for your children. One more time, play that soundbite. Now that you hear what they're saying, we're here, we're queer, we're coming for your children. Okay, thanks for telling us. Uh, Teddy in Yonkers, my man Teddy's on the line. Thanks, Kev. Thanks, Nick. Hi, Teddy. How you doing? Okay, Bo, good morning, and I think you're a bright individual. And, Bo, I, I want to come across the audience so that the audience understands me because some people say that I'm crazy. I'm, I'm not crazy. I'm a sane math, math teacher for 40 years. I'm a bright individual. I try to understand things and hear all sides. Bo, what I just Teddy, heard... Teddy, that, Teddy, what is the formula for a quadratic equation? Well, uh, it depends upon... Well, x equals negative b plus or minus the square root of b squared minus 4ac all over 2a. Thank you. Okay, it and... Took me, it, it, it took me two rounds of summer school to get that, by the way. Well, if you had me as, a, as your teacher... I think you would have been able to do it less than one round, okay? I, You know, Teddy, I agree with you. I agree with you on that. Anyway, uh, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead, and Teddy. You're a great guy. I uh, What I just heard about that took place in some city, we're here, um, we're queer, and we're coming for your children is disgusting. Disgusting, abhorrent. I agree with you. And most people in this country detest that type of talk, Bo. It's not just the left who are for it. We're against that type of talk. Obviously, anybody wants to live a different lifestyle from a heterosexual lifestyle like myself, that's up to them. Different strokes for different folks. But you can't impose it upon people, and you can't threaten people with verbiage of that nature. I agree with you 100%. Now, dealing with the COVID, Bo, I'm glad I got the vaccine because, oh, number of, about four months ago, I got COVID. And, uh, and I called up my doctor, and he, rec- and he called in the prescription for the Plaxivix. Palavix, whatever it was called. And, you know, I got better. But, Bo, I think that 
the government officials that are dealing with the COVID were sincere in what they were doing. Now, you're, you're trying to, I, I don't, don't. You're coming across and you think it's different. I don't, if we think like that, Bo, then where do we go for our information? This is the problem because the government now has proven himself to be untrustworthy. And so you're right, Teddy. We have the same concern there. Where do we go? But look, by the way, in case anybody's talking, saying James is anti-vax, I was vaccinated as well. Okay, now, having been vaccinated, my views on the vaccination changed dramatically after more information started coming out and and these mandates that took away people's liberty. So there's that. Teddy, what else did you have in mind? Uh, I don't want to talk about the dealing with the, the Biden situation. Let me just say this. If I've been hearing for so long, Bo, weeks and weeks and weeks, I can't believe, I don't want to believe that the FBI, if they have this, these tapes and they didn't produce it, if, and, and Bo, I said if, if they have these tapes with Hunter Biden insisting on getting $5 million for me and $5 million for my father. If that exists and the FBI has it and they don't produce it, then I'll agree with you 100% on dealing with the internal mechanism of how the FBI is being run. But, Bo, until I hear those tapes or it's produced. This was a text message, and the text messages have been produced, and nobody is saying that they aren't authentic. And the stuff on that laptop that for years we were told was Russian disinformation, they've now confirmed it wasn't. Teddy, there's a lot going on here with the Bidens. And look, you know what? I hear what you are saying when you say you don't want to believe it. But, and by the way, I'm getting a report that 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 was what was happening in New York City at Tompkins Square Park. New York City, New York City, Tompkins Square Park. We're here. We're queer. We're coming for your children. Okay? Outrageous. Disgusting. Teddy, let's stay. Teddy, I know that you and I disagree a lot on politics. Yes, sir. I so love you, and I appreciate you calling. I got to run. Thank you, Teddy. All right, have a great day. Appreciate it. Let's go quickly to John in Newburgh. John, how are you? Bo, two hours waiting. I haven't spoken to you since you first your first week on ABC Radio. 
So I waited two hours to speak to you. The last segment, I was so happy to hear some anger out of you concerning the the, the lies that the administration and the medical community and the intelligence were talking about. I was so happy to hear some anger. I don't hear enough anger from you about what this country is going through, what the Democrats are putting this country through. The lies every day, Bo, the lies every day means they're insulting all of us. They're insulting the American people. Biden insults us. The uh, John Kirby insults us. Those 51 intelligent officers that signed that paper insult us. John Beer insults us. It's just incredible the corruption and the degradation of this government under this administration. And as you know, Rudy Giuliani, would you say, Bo, is a man of great integrity? Absolutely. 100%. You couldn't buy him with a billion, billion, billion trillion dollars. And he says, the laptop itself says between 30 and 40 felonies committed by Biden, by Hunter. And it's not Hunter. Of course, Joe Biden is involved. He's the ringmaster of all of this. Joe Biden has been basically a crook since his college days. He cheated his way out of the law school exam, and nobody wants to talk about it. No Democrat. And, Bo, one last question. Do you ever talk to people that you know in the media on TV or on the radio that you've been around for years? Because I listened to you and Rush for many, many, many years. Rush Limbaugh is basically a hero to the uh, to the American people because he, he told the truth, as you do. Have you spoken to any of your friends in the media and said, what the hell are you doing covering this up, covering these lies, covering this corruption? Have you ever confronted anybody you know? I talk to my colleagues in the media occasionally, but let me just tell you about my life a little bit. I am too busy trying to keep... At, to do this show, and to do the show in the week requires so much time, and to do the news blast, and I work with the most amazing people to do our twice-a-day news blast, the Daily BS, and the website that we now have, the dailybs.com, and to do this show. It requires so much energy that I don't get a chance to have a lot of conversations that not that are not about what's happening on that day pertaining to what I have to do. And I'm working on a few other projects as well. So I don't get a chance to have discussions, these like philosophical discussions with my colleagues, with a lot of my colleagues. And I will tell you that many of the people on the left don't want to have those discussions because they it's pointless. If you look at the lack of journalism, real journalism in this country, it is so depressing. Look, I understand wanting to protect your guys, but I also understand that the truth is more important than any of that. And that goes for Republicans, too. I don't hide away from news that doesn't flatter my side, my supposed side. Because the idea is supposed to be to deliver the truth, not to deliver just a partisan take. I got to run. Thank you so much, John, for waiting for two hours. Thank you, thank you for being part of this audience. Coming back right after this. Don't go away.
This is the Saturday Morning Radio Extravaganza. Now, here's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC. How can you put together a list of the sexiest songs of all time? And leave out the sexiest song of all time, or at least one of them. And of course, that would have to come from Marvin. The entire album dripping with sensuality. And of course, the title of that album, I Want You. I used to make jokes. You know, Marvin Gaye's What's Going On was like the socially conscious album of all time. Started the whole thing in theme albums and socially conscious albums. I said, boy, Marvin Gaye was so ahead of his time. He was Mr. Socially Conscious. And then he dropped that album. He's like, okay, now let's get back to the sex. <laughs> it was just, just, I did my socially conscious thing. Now let's go <clears throat> have some sex. Yes. Rhonda Schrock, America's small caffeinated mom, is on the line. Good morning, Rhonda. Rhonda has four boys. She and Grant know a little bit about uh, <laughs> uh, um, uh, Rhonda, how are you? <laughs> well, yeah, I just learned something today, James. It was the sexy songs that got us in trouble. We, uh, we should have been sticking with Gregorian chants. What were we thinking? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, you know that's what I, mean? what I love to go on a date with, Gregorian chants. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm mm-hmm. saying, but, you know, it oh, was yeah. those songs. Anyway, yes, how are you, James? I'm okay. So, <laughs> Rhonda, <laughs> what are, uh, we're here, we're queer, what? we're coming for your children. Um. Anyway, what what have you written about this week, Rhonda? What is your essay about this week? Well, I've written about the real extreme sport, which is raising kids. And as you said, for us, it was for, for male ones. Um, it was because these are youngest ones, Costco shoppers. And my husband came home from a recent Costco run with a tub of peanut M&Ms about the size of a Buick. Because you know at Costco, they have two Buick and freighter. Anyway... So the cub had discovered the M&M's, and as he walked through the kitchen, he just said, you know, it's kind of nice to have peanut M&M's to munch on again. And I said, just off the cuff, well, do you have a munching permit? (laughs) And he said, Mom, I thought you were wanting me to gain some weight because the kid is so skinny, he can't cast a shadow, you know. And I said, oh, that's right, you know, munch on, dude. (laughs) He runs all the time because he's on crust. Anyway, munch on, dude. But it got me thinking about all the permits these kids showed up with, stuff that nobody, you know, thinks to tell you. 
And I know now we should have frisked them in labor and delivery. Maybe we would have found some of that stuff, but it was um, it was the blue eyes and the heads full of hair. It looked like they were wearing toupees. I tell you, it distracted us. You know, they were that good. And by the time we figured out what all they were up to, you know, you're in love and, and you, you're not sending them back. But one thing I learned was that that munching permit is a lifetime permit. And it doesn't matter how old they are or how long they've been gone from home. They walk and they just assume their default position, which is deep into the fridge. You know, and they're here. Let me tell you it's something, Rhonda. Let me yeah. tell you something, Rhonda. I, to this, you know, I miss, one of the things I miss about mom, my mother, so much. I, I think your kids probably say about you that you are the world's best cook and there's nobody that can cook like like their mother. I felt the same way about my mom. My mom mm-hmm. could bake anything. She could cook anything. And whatever yeah. she made was good. And I came to realize when I got older, much older, that what binds parents and children, especially children, to their mother's cooking is that they are tasting the love inside the food. That's what they're getting. It's not just the physical nourishment of the food. It's not just the details of the preparation. The love Mm -hmm. is actually transmitted as an energy force Mm -hmm. into what your mother provides to nourish you. You know, I've thought about that, James, and I think in the heart of every person is an innate desire to be able to go home. And that means there are people at home, at your home base, that want you, they're welcoming you, and they're showing it by preparing your favorite dishes. All of it says love. And so, yes, my boys very much express that. And I can always tell I have a world traveler, and I know he's getting homesick when he starts talking about which of my dishes he's missing. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's a lifetime thing. I mean, they, they come home and they just hit that. Um, that's definitely one of their permits that they come with. Sleep disruption, another one, you know, just they worked that one hard when they were little. And then just about the time Grant and I were starting to sleep like babies ourselves, they started driving. <laughs> and, you know, there you go. You're sleepless in Seattle again. But anyway, it's part of the price you pay for raising for raising these people. It's all a sacrifice of love. But what got what else got me thinking about that, James, was a caller you had earlier this week. I hope he's listening today. His name is Joe, and he was from Queens. And he was really suffering because of a son. One of his sons had been in drugs, yes. has been in drugs for 23 yes. years. Yes. And I, I found, I looked up a quote this week. I, I wanted to get it right child is momentous. It is to decide forever to have your heart go walking around outside your body. And that is absolutely the truth. And as you told that gentleman, you know, our oldest son went into that world of drugs, which meant that my maternal heart went with him into the corridors of hell and back. It was a nightmarish season. And, and why was it so painful? Because of our love for him. Pain is the price we pay for love. And the caller earlier this morning, Kevin, I hope that he's also listening. That that pained me because there are things that our children suffer because of their choices. But there are things they suffer because of other people's choices around them. 
And both of those things we cannot control. And therein lies the great difficulty for parents. We cannot control what other people do to our children, and we cannot control their choices. I mean, then there's things like, you know, health issues, disabilities. We have a a family member who has buried two infants on the same tiny grave. Yes. Oh, no. We can't control those things. But what we can control is what we will do with this adversity. And for Grant and I, we had to lean heavily to a threefold cord uh, rope of faith, hope, and love intertwined. And what I want people to know today, you, you encouraged that gentleman so nicely the other day not to give up hope, you know, for, for their, his son. Um, all those years when it looked like God Almighty was not hearing one prayer that I had prayed for my son, it was exactly the opposite. And when he finally came back and his feet were back on the path of redemption and he started telling stories of what had happened when he was out in the wild, I realized in a blinding moment that God had been hearing every prayer I had prayed. And no matter how it looked, he was working and he was answering. And someday I believe I will be able to share some of those miracles with you and our listeners because truly that kid of mine should be dead many times over but those prayers and our faith followed him hope kept us getting up putting our feet on the floor every day and it was love that would not let us give up on him so Rhonda, we have I, to end it there i'm afraid yeah. because time has run out for today's program where can people find your essay uh, the dailybs.com. It's always there, and people can visit me at my little coffee shop in cyberspace, rondashrock.com. I would love to have them. Rhonda, thank you, my darling. Love you thank so you. much. We appreciate it. Love you. Once too. again, thank these three you. hours go. Thank you, Rhonda. In a whiz, it's just gone. Boom, boom. We sit down, and then we didn't even do the morning dance today. We'll make up for it next week. Anyway. I want to thank you so much for being here, ladies and gentlemen. If you're on hold, we didn't get you today. Thank you for waiting. Sorry we couldn't get to every call. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, back, God willing, on Monday for Boston Early's Rush Hour at 4 o'clock. And hope that you're here, too. May God bless and protect each and every one of you. And if your kids or your loved one is going through it, don't lose hope and don't lose faith in Almighty God. On that, I'll just say bye.